Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Golly, great job. What a, what a morning so far. I know if I had my phone on me, and I'm not suggesting we do this, but I would have bought that book that Lucas just said right there. I'm like, there is so much that he said just in that book about trees. And you can think of, golly, God talks about these things, right? And how amazing is it? And I I love to hear all that uh, when you just hear about the communication. You know what my favorite thing? Uh, Well, there's a lot of them, uh, what Lucas was sharing. But I love when he said, a tree is not a forest. Man, that was good. There's a lot to that, huh? Goodness. So let's take a little time. Let's take a little bit of time here. Um, again, hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully you've been engaged. It, your heart's been engaged, I hope, right? I mean, uh, there's, there's varying degrees of what uh, people enjoy doing. You know, I'm not a great singer. I love singing with the church. I'm not good at it alone, okay? I mean, it really is, is not a good thing, all right? Um, but hopefully, no matter what we're doing together, whether we're really great at it or whether we really struggle at it, all right, one of the things that is really important is we remember what we're doing and who we're singing to, right? Uh, what we're talking about, why we're even, even able to be here, right? There's something about Jesus that just to lighten our heart a little bit to go, man, whew, we made it, right? There's a, we, we made it here from last week, okay? And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but wow, what a, I'll tell you what, you look around, you're like, this is how I would love to spend my time right here. All right. And, uh, and we only get a short period of time. And then Jesus said, okay, y'all scatter out, go, go, go share this. Okay. But these little moments of time, um, I hope your heart is connected with the singing and the sharing and all of these things. Um, but let's take a minute right now. And for you pray, okay, you not out loud, but just pray there. Um, and talk to Jesus, okay? Because again, it, it's really easy to discount a human being. It's really easy to discount just a, a kind of worldly, maybe kind of built organization. But when we put ourselves in front of Jesus and we start talking about, help me to hear your words, not, not something that I cleverly contrived or some kind of like, easy to remember mnemonic or something like that. But this idea, we really hear the word of Jesus in, in our hearts, in our brains, okay? That, that his word does what it's built to do, which is to, which is to, to inspire us and to, and to give us that spark to go out and not just live lives that are just these dreary, oh man, it's a drag to be a disciple, Versus, it's the greatest thing in the world. Like you look, you can look people in the eye and say the greatest thing in the world, and and the hardest thing too, huh? It's like that. So let's talk to Jesus for a little bit um, and pray that we can hear His voice today. Mm-hmm. 
Father, uh, thanks for uh, letting us come here. Thanks for letting us talk to you. Please um, give us ears to hear you. Uh, soften our hearts. And, and Father, um, give us the courage to live according to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you can turn over in your Bibles to John 13. Uh, that's where we're going to be spending our time today. Again, if you remember, we've been doing a series for quite a while called being, the, the, being Trained by Jesus. And that's meant to put us in a posture of not where we're on the same level as Jesus, where we, Jesus isn't going to come to us for a conference call and say, guys, what do you all think would be the best thing to do? And how? No, 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 no. It's Jesus as our king. And that's not because he's arrogant. And that's not because he's proud. That's because he is the greatest. Okay, there's no one close. Right. And so we've been talking about being trained by him, of being folks who are listening for his voice and thinking about what does he want us to do, not just what we want to do with our lives. But sometimes that's a weird word. Okay, the word trained is a strange word. And the truth of the matter is it can be used in a strange way. Okay, it really can. It can be used where, where it's just not in a great sense, but in the Bible, um, it's used in a number of different ways. And one of those ways that uh, the Bible talks about being trained is this idea is to exercise. Okay, so in Hebrews 5 and in Hebrews 6, there's a number of places that talk about, about that being trained by the Word of God or being trained is the idea of allowing it to exercise us. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus talks about being trained, and he uses the, that word in a way that means to be prepared, so to prepare ourselves, okay? And so in, in a way, when we're talking about being trained by Jesus, it's this idea of we have Jesus, and he's, he's exercising us, or he's preparing us, okay? It isn't, it isn't really kind of a strange thing. Um, that even in the church, we can make it kind of strange sometimes where, you know, who you train by, right? Some of you heard that before. <laughs> who you train by? Who's training you? I say, hopefully you say Jesus, <laughs> you know? He's better than any guy I've ever met, okay? And so, anyway, John chapter 13. John chapter 13. This is so good. This is so good right here. This is, uh, there's actually a little bit of a dividing point in the Gospel of John right here. Okay, so if you remember in chapter 11 and 12, that's when Lazarus is brought back from the dead. All right, and then that really infuriated people. In fact, not all, the, the leaders didn't just want to kill Jesus after that. They were like, let's kill Lazarus too. Okay, so there was like this, this new kind of anger that came out. And here in John 13... We are at the place of the Passover festival. This is when Jesus will die. Right? This, this is the time. The, the time has come at this point right here. So let's read through this. In verse 1, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end now, by the time of supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands and that he had come from God. 
and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his robe, took a towel, tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with his towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter who asked him, Lord, you will never wash my feet. Jesus said, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but afterward you will. He says, you'll never wash my feet ever, Peter said. Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who is bathed, Jesus said, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You're clean, but not all of you, for he knew there would be one that would betray him. That's why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his robe, he reclined again and said, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and this is well said, for I am. So if you, or so if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. I assure you. A slave is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen, but the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you'll believe that I'm he. I assure you, whoever receives anyone I send, receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. I don't know how often you've heard this section. Okay, sometimes this reveals our even lack of ability to handle the Bible well. What do I mean by this? Oftentimes, isn't it easy to think of the Bible as just this kind of like all of these lists of things, here's what you can't do, and here's what you can do, and here's what's good, and here's what's bad, and here's what makes me happy. And, and it's all kind of like these scattered note cards all over the place, okay? And we read something like this, and it's very easy to think, okay, I get what he's saying to do right now, is we should wash each other's feet. That's what he's trying to get us to do, okay? That, that's what he's saying to do. But if we've been around like Christianity for a while, we realize, oh, hold on a minute, but preachers don't tell you to do that anymore. So, so what, what Keith is trying to get you to do from reading this is he's trying to, and, and you can tell this whole story in your head ahead of time about what you think I'm trying to get you to do. And you want to know what? Let me tell you, when we start reading the Bible that way, this is, this is what Satan does. Bravo, man. Bravo. <laughs> Kill that passage, right? Is, is because there's this tension in between. Okay, well, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? And we forget there is so much more here. We, we can't miss out on this, right? There, there's so much more going on in this place. And I want to highlight one verse for you, okay? Because I want this to be something you keep in your mind. In verse 7, Jesus says this in chapter 13, 7. He says, what I'm doing, you don't understand now, but afterwards you will. Okay, now, th now think about that. We get the benefit of knowing what happened afterwards. 
We get the benefit of knowing Jesus is talking to people and saying, you want to know what? What I'm teaching you right now, as hard and as difficult as this is, you won't get it until after what's done is done. After I die, after I rise again, after you see me come back. All right? You won't understand it. So right there, this is what I love about Jesus. I love that Jesus is going, y'all are going to flounder. I'm going to give you a very important lesson. And you can do nothing with it right now. You're going to have to think about it. You're going to have to connect the dots later. It'll come back, man, and it'll be like that light bulb going off. So this is a very important verse to keep in mind because I think oftentimes when we're being trained by Jesus and we're being taught by Jesus, when we're learning from Jesus, it, it's frustrating if you don't get the answer immediately, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's frustrating. You're like, can you, like, what are you talking about? I don't even get what you're talking about. You, you know, that's what we do in a normal setting, right? Okay, so, so let's say you're sitting in your small group or your family group, and family group leader says something, and you don't get the answer right away. What do people do? Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know. That's not even clear to me. I don't, and it's like the worst. I'm telling you, man. That's like the worst thing you can do, it feels like. It's because we're just like, no, dude, what do you want? Tell me right now. And I don't know if any of us would do that to Jesus. <laughs> I don't think we would. But he's telling us this, this lesson right here. Now, I want you to think about this. We've got to place ourselves in this setting. And this is very important to do. All right, so I really do encourage you as we read this, put yourself in this setting right here. It, it doesn't matter what the room looks like that he's in, okay? It, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about, am I being like all perfect? In no, no, no. Put yourself in the context as reading this, as somebody that's watching this happen. And Jesus says something very, very important. He starts out and he says, he knew his time had come. He had a finite amount of time to train his guys to go out and proclaim the gospel that we are benefiting from 2,000 years later. I don't know of anything that's been more successful than that, okay, in a three-year period, but can you imagine a little bit of anxiety? Jesus goes, oh, that's it? Time's up? The time has come. Now, if you were to do this on your own, if you were to write down and you thought, okay, if I'm Jesus... And I know the time has come. I've got, a, I've got a finite amount of time. What are all the things I am going to go through as quickly as possible so people don't forget about these things? I mean, can you imagine the list that me and you would have? Can you imagine that where you're going, okay, don't forget this. Parents do this, right? When your kids go off sometimes. <laughs> okay, don't forget this. Don't forget to change your underwear. Don't forget to brush teeth. Don't forget to do, you know, and you're, you're just rattling it out, okay? Hopefully by the time you're 18, you know to change your underwear each day, right? <laughs> but, but parents are just like rattling it off. Don't forget this. Don't forget to pay your bills. Don't forget to balance your checkbook, you know? And we would be this way in so many ways, except here's what Jesus did. He's sitting there, and now, now picture this. You're kind of sitting, lounged low, you know, 
who knows how many people totally were in the room, but you have all these guys here and there's Jesus and he gets up and there's just conversation happening, you know, I mean, talking and all this. And actually in, in another story, there actually was an argument that broke out. And, and the argument was, who's the greatest? <laughs> Could you imagine? Jesus is like, oh, my time has come. And I sit down, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a great last meal. And all of a sudden, these guys start arguing about who's the greatest. I mean, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, what just happened? Right? And so these things are happening. And could you imagine Jesus gets up, and he goes, and he gets the water, and he gets the bowl, and he gets the bucket, and he starts coming around. And I think sometimes we speed the story up so quickly that we forget actually what the reality in that room was like. So he has this, it's probably a clunky kind of thing to get around to everybody and coming around. And could you imagine even if you're sitting here and Jesus is coming around and, and, and you know, you got to kind of find a place to get down there and you got to be thinking, what is he doing? What is happening right now? What, what on earth? I mean, because again, we've got to like conveniently forget that we know this story. And we need to put ourselves in a place that we're going, what is happening? Is he going to put this here and he wants us to do it? What's going on? And then he starts putting on the towel and he's sitting down there and he just starts washing feet. All right. Now, the thing about it is one of the things we would do, I feel like would be a norm for us, would we would we would be silly. Because oftentimes when it's uncomfortable socially, we get silly and we goof off and we laugh and we joke. And there are times that's perfectly fine to do. But we have to understand, you know, these guys weren't raised on sitcoms and stand-up comics. These guys weren't raised on an entertainment that was just there to, to make you, you know, laugh and enjoy your own things and all of that kind of stuff, okay? This was a time where you would be serious. There would be a level of silence, I would think, of going, what is happening right now? This is unheard of. If nothing else, we've seen this when we've gone into someone's home. Either they've left water for us to do it or they've had a servant do this. And can you imagine if, what if you were the one that started the argument about who is the greatest? And here comes Jesus and he's just, he's just pouring water over your feet. And he's just, and he gets to, to Peter, and I love this. And if we could just listen in, he gets to Peter, and Peter says, no, 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 no. Like, Peter's getting this. Like, he's understanding, there's no way. I, Jesus, I know you. There's no way. And then Jesus says, you want to know what? You can't have any part of me if I don't wash you. And it just, wow, what a heart for Peter to go, then wash it all, baby. <laughs> you know, he's like, just wash it all. I mean, you have to love that heart. Jesus said, if you want to know me, you've got to let me wash you. And he's like, well, fine, you know, let's do it. What a heart in that man. Okay. And so as he's going around and each person, he gets up and he walks over to the next person. It's probably a little awkward. Water's kind of spilling in different places. You know, who knows if he has to go and change the water and there's a lot going on. And can you imagine just looking around as this is going on and the amount of time you would have to think about this? The amount of time you're going, wow, really, this is a little uncomfortable. Why is he doing this? What are we supposed to learn from this? 
you know, clearly we know Jesus long enough. We've known him long enough to know this is not just foot washing. Like we, we've seen enough here. Okay. And just, he's going person to person. How even not knowing the entirety of what he's teaching, would you be moved by that? And again, I'm not asking you to be dramatic or emotional. No, Keith, I'm not emotional. Or Keith, I'm super emotional. I'd just be, you know, boo-hooing. No, no, no. I'm not talking about an emotion. I'm talking about, would your heart be moved deeply to experience this? Because again, Jesus wasn't a stranger. This was somebody they had spent years with. This is someone they had seen and lived with and touched and seen him love, and seen him preach, right? And so you have this, Jesus has endeared himself. In fact, it says, John made sure to write, he loved him, and he loved him all the way to the end. Because this wasn't going to be their greatest day. (laughs) Okay, this this was not going to be their greatest day. So we need to stop right here, because I think what ends up happening, we want to get to just tell me what I need to do. And remember, Jesus' way isn't how can I get all my people to line up in a row and do all the things I want them to do. But there are certain things Jesus clearly is saying, I need my people to do this. And they need to change, and they're going to change the world. But that's not going to happen if we're not moved deeply by Jesus. Okay, there, there, there should be that way. It doesn't matter your personality type. Is There should be a, a going, oh my goodness, what is happening? This is like, uh, not, it, it would be hard to describe, I think, how it would feel, right? But I think Peter got it, though, okay? Peter understood this, okay? And can you imagine these guys, these, these Jewish guys? They had been raised, and it didn't matter if you went on to be a rabbi or not, man. Your education when you were younger centered around the Torah. That's what you learned. That's who you knew who God was. That's how you learned to read, and that's how you learned to write. And you memorized sections of it, and you memorized these huge sections. So even these guys that didn't amount to anything in the rabbinical world, these guys didn't didn't matter to the rabbis. Even they would know as you're sitting here, and they're getting this idea over time, he's the son of God. Like, we've seen him do things. He, he is the Messiah. He is that. But to them, it's greater, I think, right? To them, it's this idea of this is Yahweh. The, the creator. This is, no, no, no. See, this is hard for us because we worship personalities and entertainers and athletes. And so we can't even understand that because you're going, yeah, it'd be neat to meet like, you know, I don't know who your favorite person would be to meet and he'd be all giddy and all, no, 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 no. This is nothing like that. This is that, you mean, if he's who he says he is and he's going around and doing this, that's Yahweh. And remember, John has made that clear. Jesus has taught a number of times saying, I am him. That I am word, remember, Yahweh. He's telling them, it hasn't been a secret. And so could you imagine the, the, the creator of the universe washing your feet? The creator, the inventor of trees. Wouldn't that be awesome to know? When did he invent those things? Right? The inventor of color. The inventor of people. Could you imagine as you let that sink in and going, this guy's washing my feet. This is, 
This is the God of Abraham. This is the God of Isaac. This is the God who rescued the people out of Egypt, our people out of Egypt, right? This is the God who lit up a bunch of watered-down logs for Elijah. They all knew these stories. Okay, again, this, to us, we may go, eh, Keith, I don't know that much about the Old Testament. This was their lifeline to God. They, they knew it, and they knew it well. And so to let that sink in, again, remember, this is how they're different than us. We would sit there and have different thoughts in our heads. They're sitting there as, as young Jewish men, and you're going, oh, my goodness, what is happening here? Can you imagine what's even going on in Jesus' mind? Is Yeah, this lesson that I'm doing right now, this may be the most important lesson I leave them with. This is summarizing everything. And now, again, we have the benefit of seeing what happens afterwards, right? We have the benefit of living on this side of history. We have the benefit of knowing what he was talking about so we can learn from this. And so there's some things we want to ask ourselves on the other side of the cross, on the other side of the resurrection. We get to sit down and go, what, what did this mean? Because remember, he told us, guys, now I want you to do this to one another. And oftentimes there, there's questions periodically of should we be washing one another's feet? Should we be doing that? Hey, there's nothing wrong to do it. There isn't. I mean, people do it. Some churches do it just as a sign of humility and all that kind of stuff. But as far as the command for us to do that, that's not the lesson that Jesus was necessarily teaching us. Okay, He was teaching something else. And there was this idea of how can I build into my people? Now, here's the interesting thing. As Jesus is, is putting his community together, and his church. Okay, one of the things that helps me understand this more than anything is when you think about like weaving something into a tapestry. Okay, it's like you weave things and you make this beautiful picture and it's just like all woven in and there's like you really don't know where colors start and where colors end. It's just woven in. And so Jesus's idea wasn't how can I make them humble, but how can I weave into the very fabric of who they are? humility okay the act of being humble every one of us you don't have to have the holy spirit to do that right you could do an act here of service and an act here of humility and an act here of love but he's talking about weaving into the very fabric of who we are humility and togetherness and connectedness all right and so you look at this right here and you're going man Turn over to Galatians 6. I'm thinking after the resurrection, let's say the guys are all hanging out, talking about this. And they're going, okay, I think we get this. I think, I think, it's, I think I'm getting what Jesus was saying. Remember, remember when he washed our feet? I mean, you, you think they would ever have that conversation again? <laughs> you know, I think you would. Right? You know, you just saw Jesus. He's risen from the dead. And going, guys, remember when he did that and he said we wouldn't know what it meant until afterwards? Let's talk about what it meant. What did he mean by that? What did he mean? Like, I don't want to wash all stinky James' feet. Did he mean to do that? And I, I bet you anything. One of the guys was like, okay, who's first? I mean, they were going to start doing it. 
And then you start talking about this and you're going, okay, well, 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 what did he know about us? Well, here's the thing. The very thing they talked about at the table describes humanity to a T. Who's the greatest? <laughs> you're not above it. I'm not above it. Don't, you know. No, no, no. It's not about self-esteem. No, no, Keith, you don't understand. I have low self-esteem. Oftentimes we have low self-esteem because we haven't convinced ourselves fully that we're the greatest yet. It's a battle for that in humanity, in our hearts. Who's the greatest? And what comes from that is competitiveness. We compare to one another. We're upset when somebody does something that we didn't do. All right? We start thinking, well, you know, Mike thinks he's so awesome because he brought donuts two weeks ago. He thinks he's so good. And you want to know what? Man, you've been a disciple long enough that those words don't come out of your mouth. But I guarantee you, man, things like that happen. And Jesus is like, this can't be in the fabric of the community that I'm building. It can't be. Turn over to Galatians chapter 6 if you haven't yet. Over in Galatians chapter 6, Paul writes about this. And we'll start in verse 1. Paul says, brothers, if someone is caught in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted. He says this, carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Right? Have you ever heard that statement before? The law of Christ. The law, you, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ, right, is not just us loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but loving your neighbor as yourself. Okay? He goes, you'll fulfill it when you carry one another's burdens, right? But he goes on here, because it's not, he is definitely not done. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. But each person should examine his own work. Then he'll have a reason for boasting in himself alone and not in respect to someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. Okay, there's a bookends right there. There's this idea of carrying. We carry one another's burdens, but each one of us has to carry our own load. There are certain things that we have that others can't carry. But there are certain things we have that others can't. And, and this is how we're supposed to do it. But he says this, he goes, you know, but, but here's the deal is there's no reason to compare yourself to someone else. And that's exactly what was going on at that table. Who's the greatest? Well, why don't we start listing it off? Well, Peter, you did all this junk and you don't even like you that much. And John... John might even be going, I'm the one he loves. You know, you guys know that. I'm the greatest. I'm going to preach the first sermon. I'm going to get to the first church. You know, all of these things. And that is absolutely toxic. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jesus could have simply said, hey, do a three-minute Devo on that. <laughs> like, just snap your fingers and tell us. But he did this. He, he got down. And he says, this is, guys, this is what I want you to do for one another. 
See, because the comparison goes away when your posture is down below somebody. Okay, you, you see, he physically was looking up. That doesn't mean he's not making people bigger than they're supposed to be. That's not it. But this idea, this posture of humanity between me and you, that I'm down here, how can I meet your needs? How, how can I do this? All right, he's saying this should happen to one another because it's going to be needed. There's going to be times you're going to feel like you're too tired to do this. There's going to be times when you feel like you're messing up. You're going to be, there's going to be times, and you know what? I'll bet you anything there's, there could have been a conversation of realizing, man, you know, he washed my feet. You know, could you imagine? Let's say, I, I don't know, man. Let's just say it was, it, it was Andrew. And he says, man, do you know, Jesus washed my feet, and I was complaining the whole day. Like, I was pushing against this the whole day. And again, there's so much to learn there. This idea of Jesus going, I'm not washing your feet because you're the all-stars, because you had a great quiet time this morning. I'm not washing your feet because of that. But I'm leaving you an example. And he says this, he goes, remember guys, a student can't be above his teacher. So if I'm doing this, why do you say that? Because it's very easy to go, and, and this may even keep us from kind of lowering ourselves in humility to one another. Well, they're going to think they're better than me. And Jesus says, you want, let me make it very clear. Y'all are not above me, and I'm doing it. <laughs> you call me Lord, and you call me teacher, and that's right. But a student cannot be above his teacher, and I'm doing this. Okay? So he just kind of like squashes that. Okay? So if that's in anyone's head, he's going, no, 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 has no room here. Right? But what if he thinks, he, he thinks he's so off, and he thinks that, mm-mm-mm. The comparison, the competitiveness, this is building a fabric of togetherness. And as we go past John 13, these first 18, 19, 20 verses, there's a really cool verse about 14 verses later. And sometimes it's easy to just pull it right out of the context. But in John 13, 34, he says, here's a new command I give you. As I've loved you, so you must love one another. This is how the world will know you're my disciples. You mean it's not going to be the most talented? Well, no. That, that's how they'll know from the most talented or the most, like, you know, razzle-dazzle or, or the most programs. That's how they'll know, right? The biggest building and all of these things. And he's like, no. So it's very clear. Jesus is saying, when I told you that story, when I, when I washed your feet, And I said, do this to one another. I meant it. This is how the world will know you are mine. This is not something to be taken lightly. This is not something to be passed on. This is not something to go. And again, so much can go on in our minds. Well, how are you supposed to lead a church just washing? How are you supposed to help somebody become a disciple just washing feet all the time? How are you supposed to, you know, and 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 we take that moment of Jesus And he's not down there saying, oh, yeah, 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 truth doesn't mean anything. Oh, oh, righteousness doesn't mean anything. He's not saying any of that. But he's saying how we approach one another, how we work together with one another, how we we lower ourselves in humility to one another. 
All right. There's something even about touch and connection, right? That even our world is messing up because someone, when you talk about touch today, there's so many times it's about inappropriate touch. And we forget the number of times Jesus touched the untouchable. And we forget how important it is. Human touch is so important. And we forget, did it even matter that he, his hands are right on their feet? Like there's this connection right there. And, and why I say all that is because you want to know what? It does matter. It, human touch does matter. And, when, and I understand we live in a time when you have to be wise and all those things. But I'm talking about long term, like understanding of humanity. Appropriate human touch is vital. It's vital for us. Okay. He says, this is how the world. Okay. So let's think us today. Okay. Here's what Jesus could do. Chapter two. Chapter two is Jesus saying this. Oh yeah. By the way, I washed all y'all's feet too. That's what he could say to all of us. He comes and say, Hey, Hey, part two. I know y'all weren't there in that room, but what happened in that room happened to you too. And the same thing that was going on in that room is going on with you. Because you want to know what? I took my rightful place at the table inside of that room and I got down and dirty. And I was a servant. And I was letting them know, man, I am here for you. I will cleanse you. I will, I will meet your needs. All right? And we have all of that in Philippians chapter 2. We, we have the washing of the feet, part 2. Although there's, you're going, there's no feet and there's no washing, but let's read it anyway, okay? <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. Again, here's the thing is we read these over and over and over again. And, and, and granted, th there's something about, wow, what if we could have been there? I mean, there's just something about that. And I think Jesus addresses that later in John 16. He says, you know, blessed are you who saw me. But how much more are those who don't get to see what you see? Because it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's not the same, okay? But here in Philippians 2, make your own attitude. Well, let's go up first, uh, verse 1. Paul says, if, if you have any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love or fellowship with the Spirit, any affection or mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal. You want to know what? When I picture this like a tapestry, this, this woven fabric of all the disciples together, and he's going, hey, have the same feelings, have the same love, have the same goal. Don't be in rivalry with one another. Don't be conceited to one another, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. See, this is Paul telling us the lesson of the foot washing. And then he says, make your own attitude the same as Christ. And, and here's, here's, him, here's Christ getting up from the table and coming over and sitting at our feet. Who existing in the form of God didn't consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself. He assumed the form of a slave taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even to death on a cross, all right? That's the lesson. That's foot washing part two. That's me and you, okay? And so what does this require of us? This is, this is interesting because as I was like really thinking about the apostles that this happened to, 
I don't know if I could even completely wrap my mind around the level of loyalty and devotion that must have been built at that time. I, I don't know. How could you ever, like, just... I, the only person I know that really just kind of went off the, the tracks was, like, Peter and Judas. And, and one of those guys was, like, weeping his eyes out when he realized what he had done. All right? And, and, and there's some of us that are like that, too, man. I, my heart does something, and I just, you know, you can go before you think, and then you're like, what did I just do? That may be your personality. That might be like Peter, okay? But the scary thing was Ju- Judas had his feet washed as well. See, there's no guarantee that you're getting this. <laughs> there's no guarantee. If we're selfish, if we're about ourselves, Jesus could wash our feet all day but we're thinking about ourselves and it won't matter. It won't change anything, okay? And so you have this, but what I love about this section right here is it should leave us in a place to go, but how does that work every day? How does that work, okay? First, I'm gonna have you shrink your thought process in your head, okay? Because it can get very overwhelming. Think family group. Think small group. Okay. Think about when you, when you enter any gathering we have ever, anything. The mindset is this right here. Is that idea of, of a foot washer, a servant, are there needs? Jesus did this to me. This is how he loved me. He left his rightful place and came down to this murky, mucky place to clean me. And so how I interact and how Jesus is teaching us to interact is what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? Is there any emotional need, physical need? Is there anything? I I fear sometimes even when it comes to the simplest things like meeting physical needs. This is one of my fears is that you go over to another disciple's house and you leave their house a mess. And that's so superficial. But the truth of the matter is, is you wouldn't want people doing that in your house. I mean, sometimes they're, they're man, they open up their home. And they're like, man, I'm just tired because I got to spend an hour cleaning up my house afterwards. That's when we come together and we're not even thinking about needs. We're not thinking of me. This is just a physical. We, can, we couldn't even have gotten to the point of trying to decide and discern an emotional or a spiritual need. You see what I'm talking about? And so this is like meant to build up in our heart. But here's the deal. Okay. I'm really going to encourage us to do this. Um, Set this week aside. Okay. This entire week. And I'm not going to give you homework like you have to go and write uh, 10 paragraphs on something. But this event... Let it go through your mind over and over and over again. Set time aside to think about this. Set time aside to learn the lesson from this. Set time aside, because here's the deal is, there's no way a human being can like just give you two things to go do. Because this is meant to absolutely change the very way our hearts together as a body of Christ work together. And God is not going to be silent on this. He won't be. But here's what, you know, there's these these fears I have. 
We've, many of us have heard this story over and over and over and over again. And it's never sunk in. When will it? When is going to be that time? Because I don't think we can live our lives as disciples and make an excuse about this one. Jesus said, well, how are you? you Keith, you read the foot washing story, right? You got that? Keith, did you read Philippians? I, I wasn't sure. Did Paul get that letter to you, Keith? You ever been around disciples that are like this, Keith? Like, well, yeah, I've read it and I've seen it. And I, well, what's, what's the problem then? Well, I don't know. Just thought it was kind of a neat story. And, you know, I was kind of distracted that day. Those 57 days in church when I heard this thing preached and studied it. Right? This is where we've got, we've got to be serious about this. This is how the world will know. We're his disciples. The intensity with which we go through this. The eagerness with which we want to grasp this. The eagerness and the earnestness to go to pray desperately for this as a community. Let's finish up right back here, John 13. Again, the, the background of all of this is there wasn't any part of this that described how these guys' days or week had been. All right, how, how amazing would it be to begin with this thought? Not a thought of, oh, I better get this or else. But this thought right here that we read right at the beginning, before the Passover festival, Jesus knew his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. Okay. It is, is just being saturated in this idea of Jesus wasn't doing this, so we would go, all right, I'll behave differently. Um, it was meant to instill a love and an energy and a faith and a devotion in our hearts that would truly change communities together. 